the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffle Podcast, episode 136. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Hello, Unruffled listeners. We are popping in at the top of the show to share with you several ways that you can help support the podcast. First, you can become a patron of the show by donating to our Patreon fundraising campaign. Please consider supporting our consistent effort in bringing you weekly content on creativity and recovery, all for less than the price of a latte. For just a dollar an episode, you will receive early access to each week's show as our way of saying thank you. If every listener did this, we would be over the moon. The link to our Patreon campaign is www.patreon.com backslash the unruffled podcast. And that's not it. You can share our show on social media or with your friends, and you can subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating on iTunes. All of this helps our little show immensely, and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Now, on to the show. Hey, Sandra. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Oh, I'm back home. I'm good. Happy to be home. Good. Yeah, so happy to be home. The the fires, the Kincaid fires are mostly contained, about 80%. They started releasing firefighters back to the, the volunteer firefighters back to their hometowns and things are starting to get back to normal. So yeah. Oh, good. Well, thanks for holding down the fort last week. Oh, of course. And I'm just glad, you know, i of course I, it's horrible for anyone who lost property or belongings or anything. Um, I'm sure you're very grateful that you did not though. Yeah, for sure. It was a different kind of fire than two years ago because there were so many um, emergency systems in place and so much communication on our phones. Oh, um, right. And PG&E communication on our phones. So it was very different than the chaos and kind of uh, terror that kind of ripped through the county lot two years ago. So it was different. It was frightening, but it was um, way more information, which always feels good to have more information. So. Yeah. Um, But I got home on Halloween and I had a couple trick-or-treaters, which made me laugh and have, uh, you know, just kind of turn things around because, you know, the world does not stop. Kids are like, no, it's still Halloween. No, it's still Halloween. Sorry, no power. I'm going to need a candy bar. I'm going to need a candy bar. (laughs) But I want to know about your Halloween and what you wore. My Halloween was excellent. The only complaint I have is that it's just, it's so, it was so short. (laughs) Mm. And not enough of the world got to see my costume. Right. That's why I want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> just like lay it out for the listeners and me. Uh, okay. So when, so Aaron Shaw Street visited Austin um, about a month ago and we went to this amazing place, the event called the Citywide Garage Sale that happens in an event center once a month here in Austin. I hadn't been in ages. I don't. I don't know why, because there's just always things like that happening, I guess. 
Um, when I visit, I'm coming on a weekend that that is happening. Right. Yes. Okay. You definitely yeah. need to come when it's happening because it is super fun. And I had totally forgotten about it. As a matter of fact, Aaron is the one who <laughs> screenshotted an ad of it and said, uh, hello, what is this? And so I was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, we, we must go to that. And it was really, we walked to it from her hotel. And so, um, yeah, and I was walking up to the thing. I bought our tickets in. I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, thinking I'm not going to buy anything. This is all for Aaron. We go to the first booth that we walk up to. That is the, I pull out this purple, sparkly uh, 70s or 80s, not quite sure, uh, majorette costume that has butterflies all over it. It was like the first thing I picked up. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay, well, this is coming home with me. Satin, right? Is it satin or silk or what is it's it? It's like some kind of stretchy satin, oh, okay. I guess, but it's covered in, um, it's covered in sequins <laughs> and butterflies. butterflies. Uh, it was in perfect condition as well. Like the zipper works really well. The elastic was still intact. I mean, it's amazing. And it, I didn't even try it on. I was like, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to fit me. Um, and so it like did. Cinderella a little bit like you were like, when I get home, this is going to fit me like the slipper. It, it was exactly that. Like this, yeah. mm -hmm. I was determined it was going to fit me either way. <laughs> I had to like cut seams out and restitch them. It was going to fit. And it did It fit. Although my poor daughter had the task of zipping the thing up and, you know. Mm -hmm. Right around the waist was a little tricky, but we got it. I uh -huh. sucked it all in. Uh, yeah, so I was um, a Texas majorette. I mean, I, our majorettes in high school, we were the Eagles, and they always wore a cowboy, a white cowboy hat with cowboy boots. And so at first out, you know, I had lots of comments saying that it needed white go-go boots, but I was like, I, th I think this is a Texas majorette. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's California. Yeah, California right. majorette might have worn the go-go boots, but no, Texas, yeah. Texas does. Yeah, yeah she, wears, she wears cowboy boots. <laughs> and the cowboy boots that I happened to wear, too, I got from a friend's yard sale, and they have nameplates on them. Um, <laughs> Barbara, so <laughs> which I forgot to mention in my Instagram post wait, that wait, I was hold up. Barbara. Yeah, hold up, hold up. So you have nameplates on your boots. Yeah, and weren't you a very famous Barb a couple years ago? I was Barb from Stranger Things a few years ago. Okay, yeah, that Halloween right. was right after the first uh, <laughs> season of Stranger Things came out. Yeah, so this is Barbara, not yeah. to be confused with Barb. Um, she has a different attitude, I have a feeling. Barbara's got yeah, her shit together. Totally, she's a majorette. Mm -hmm. Totally different attitude. She's a majorette. She has a baton. Right. Oh, what I wouldn't do. Knows how to twirl it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sandra, this is so good. I need I know. more pictures. I feel like I didn't get enough pictures. Of yeah. I, there should be more pictures. And there should have been, I'm going to have to wear it again. It's going gonna, it's gonna <laughs> to resurface. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, right, it right. will, it will be a big surprise when she does, but because there were just, there just was not enough time. And it was so funny too, because I was trick or treating with my daughter. My son no longer trick or treats. My husband didn't feel good. And 
one of the parents had a potluck, a pre-Halloween potluck, because, you know, there's never enough real food before you actually mm-hmm. start ingesting candy. And for a long time, I was the only parent that was dressed up. Uh-huh. <laughs> one mom walks in and was like, uh, are you guys dressing up? Oh, and she used to look at me and she's like, oh, I see you're going trick-or-treating. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what about it? No, I was like, yes. Barbara no, has I her hand on her hip with her baton. Like, I did. And I was like, this baton. <laughs> don't make me use this. Don't make me use this baton on you. <laughs> oh, I love it, Sandra. I love how into it you get. You're so cute. I am so into it. Only since sobriety, though. Not mm. true. I used to be very, and I, I think this is what my newsletter this week's going to be about. I was very into it in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And then my love of Halloween, like my love of everything just dwindled until it was nothing. And, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, since, since I've gotten sober, I'm all in, I'm yeah. all in for Halloween. I love how all in you are. It's so good. Well, and I like how you're calling her she, like she's an alter ego. I, <laughs> right. I appreciate that you're you know, delineating that. So we'll know Barbara, maybe Barbara will host the show with me one day. That'll be great. That'll be. Barbara would be a great host. <laughs> I'm sure she would. We'd have to do a video of that and like put it up on YouTube at that, at that call. Because you have to be in the outfit, the whole outfit. Of course. Oh, okay. Well. All right. That was, the, so can you put some pictures up in the Facebook group? Because I oh, I can. Like, yeah, I feel like all the listeners need to see what we're talking about here if they don't follow you on Instagram because it was, well, why aren't you following you on Instagram first? Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. How, do, how do they follow you on Instagram? Uh, Sandra under, God score. dang it, underscore, unruffled. <laughs> that's maybe why they're not, Sandra. Right? What is that symbol? I don't underscore. know. It's the dash that's on the bottom, the yeah. underscore. underscore. This legal secretary knows what it is. Okay. What it is. Um, yes. So follow Sandra so that you can check it out. But yeah, if you could share it in the secret Facebook group, which if people want to join the secret Facebook group, all you have to do is send us a little message and, um, and on Facebook to Sandra or myself, and we will add you. Mm-hmm. I get private. one like, like every couple of days I get someone that wants to join. So oh, come good. on. There's no, there's no, uh, limits so far um on the number of ladies that we have in the group and you have to be female identified sorry guys um uh what about you you're doing something fun for november um yeah i am doing a little gratitude uh challenge kind of thing i did it a couple years ago and so i decided to do it again um it's uh, just challenging people to do a gratitude list and share on instagram and use the hashtag tammy's gratitude circle and then you can amass, you know, we'll amass the list. People can get inspired and share. And uh, I have books and things on my website, um, which is getting worked on, by the way, by one of our listeners. And um, I'll be having future offerings on there. But for now, the books are there about how I started my gratitude practice and found my visual voice. And also a 60-day gratitude um, journal is in there called Proof of Life. So people can go there and check it out at TammySalas.com. Super what cool. do you got going on? Yeah. What? Well, and real quick, people can follow your hashtag, oh, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can follow the hashtag and see all of them. Yeah. I, if you follow on Instagram, the hashtag, you'll see every list that people are posting and using um, that hashtag. And I think it's fun to read other people's lists and it helps kind of expand my gratitude practice. 
my son is playing along Sandra. Oh, that's amazing. And he sent me a list yesterday and I just about burst into tears and cried and just so happy. It was so beautiful. And there's so many things. And I was like, this is my kid. Oh, that's so sweet. I love it. So to do that. My daughter would. Yeah. Yeah. So what about you? What do you got? Uh, Okay. So, um, change your story. I can really only take, I think one more client. So, um, if you listen to this in real time on Monday when it's released, uh, and I haven't gotten another client, um, I think I can take one more. Um, if not, if I'm full, uh, there will be a waiting list for January because that's how it's working out now. Oh, but wow. Change Your Story is a program that I launched uh, this summer. And it's for women or men who um, have an idea, a goal, a dream, a project, something that you would like to see come to life. And it's like the thing that won't leave you alone. You know what it is. Um, I can help you, coach you, guide you uh, to bring forth that thing. And um, a lot of things happen along the way is what I find, I'm finding out. Um, some, some women start off with wanting, thinking they want to address one thing and we end up working on something totally different. That's been really fun. Um, so go to my website, beanruffle.com and click on the bar at the top, change your story. And that will take you to the page that'll give you all the information about it and, and how to sign up. Good. I've loved, I've loved um, watching kind of um, online and seeing some people releasing their projects and what the, what is being born from working with you. I think that's just really cool. And it's been unbelievably rewarding. Mm-hmm. I can't even, I had no idea I was going to be this rewarded from yeah. doing this. Yeah. It's like, you're like the, the fairy godmother it um, feels like of it. the of the of the projects and the people. You know what I mean? It just feels like a, a beautiful um I don't know, a blooming, you know, what yeah. you're sharing and then what they're doing. And um and today I think um we're gonna have we're gonna get to hear more about that, right? Yeah, yeah. Today we have on the podcast Jill Young and Jill is in our secret Facebook group. Um she also uh worked I also worked with Jill in Change Your Story. And so we're gonna talk to her a little bit about the thing that she birthed that wouldn't leave her alone, as well as um, you know, all the other stuff that we talk about on this podcast. Welcome, Jill. Good morning. I'm so stoked to be here. Awesome. Um, we're so happy to have you. And it's been a little while since I've talked to you. We we worked together what at the beginning beginning ish of the summer, midsummer, something like that. It was, it was May. I think it was when you first uh, started the program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And where are we talking to you from, Jill? Atlanta. Gotcha. Hot Atlanta. <laughs> um, it might not be so hot there today though. Uh, yay. Well, um, Jill, the way we usually start this show is we ask our guests how they came to the decision to quit drinking. So why don't you share a little bit of that with our listeners? Sure, sure. So, you know, I think my story is is similar to um, a lot of, of people's. I, I started uh, drinking in my, my teenage years. Um, you know, it was a great way to uh, 
you know, help with uh, social anxiety and, and, and all those um, types of things. And that carried on into my adult life. And, and before I knew it, it was just kind of an automatic part of uh, most of my, my evenings. And as my uh, kind of career picked up and, and the pressure was on, it was that quick uh, relief, um, you know, most nights of the week, uh, stress relief. And as I got into my 30s, I, I realized that, um, you know, I was doing it more than, than I wanted to and looking forward to it a little bit uh, more than, than I would have liked and uh, noticed that uh, I was drinking a little bit quicker than those around me. And so by about my mid-30s, I thought, uh, gosh, you know, maybe I should try to, to start moderating and, you know, I'd have some starts and stops with it, but, you know, was never really that good with it. And, and so I kept kind of waiting for that thing, that life change, that external catalyst to, to come along and, you know, something to change in my life to, to make me not want to drink anymore, never really thinking that it had to come from within. So I went to great lengths to, to make changes, to, um, you know, try to, to quit and, and nothing really ever seemed to work. I even went so far as to, you know, go back to school and get a degree in health education. And I thought, well, you know, nobody can, can be a, a health coach and dedicate their life to helping people be healthy and still drink. And, and that didn't even work either. So, so that was, you know, kind of a, a difficult and harsh reality that I faced. And, and before I knew it, I found myself in my mid forties really starting to, to feel the toll of it. And um, I'd always kind of taken care of my health in, um, you know, my, my personal life, eaten healthy, exercised, and thought that that would kind of cancel out the drinking. But at a certain point, it just all kind of catches up. So uh, fast forward to about four years ago, and I really decided that I had to start working on it in earnest. And so in 2015, I uh, set a goal of trying to go, um, first I was going to try and go half the year without drinking and just kind of sprinkle that throughout the year. And um, it was really kind of an arbitrary decision to do that. It was, it was honestly based on a calendar I had gotten for Christmas that year from my husband. And it came with a pack of stickers and there was about 150 stickers in the calendar. And I thought, well, if I could put a sticker on each day I don't drink and uh, you know, use up that whole pack of stickers throughout the year and try to moderate and go roughly you know, half of a week each week without drinking, let's see where we're at. And, and so I tried, and at the end of the year, I had 77 stickers stuck. So I made it about halfway through the pack of stickers, and um, you know, at least I made an effort, and it was, it was the first time it actually tracked my drinking, so it was kind of this harsh you know, reality of, wow, here's, here's where I'm at. But it was, it was an excellent experience in, in kind of really facing, you know, what I was doing. And so then the next year I, I said, hold, okay, hold on well, one second. Hold on, yeah. Jill, I'm sorry, I want to interject. How old were you when you started this experiment in 2015? I was uh, 46. Okay, 46. And yeah. that conscious decision to start keeping track was the first time that you, that you did that. Yeah, and did it, did it feel, did it feel, um, how did it feel? I mean, what, what was that like? Was it like, were you like, was it punishing when you didn't use a sticker or was it just that it enlightened you that, gosh, I, 
I drank more than I didn't drink this week or? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was hard. It was, you know, some weeks I would just not even want to look at the calendar. So mm. I might go a couple of weeks without, you know, even looking at the calendar and just, you know, drinking for a couple of weeks straight. And before that, I didn't really track because I, I drank most nights. There was one sacred night a week I wouldn't drink. And that was before I would do either a long uh, training run or before I would want run a race, which was typically on a Friday. So I had one night where I wouldn't drink, um, you know, to be in, in shape for, for exercise, but all the other nights I would drink. So there's really no point in tracking. Well, and what I find interesting that you said um, in the beginning is that you always thought that there would be a catalyst, like something outside of you that would force you to change your habits or patterns or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of us do that, you know, whether we think, oh, you know, once I have a baby, I'll stop. Or once, uh, you know, I have this one passionate this thing that I'm super passionate about, I'll love more than I'll naturally just cut down on drinking because I love this other thing. I want to, you know, I want to be good and healthy and, and have more energy for this thing. Like we think that these outside things will influence a shift in us, but that's never the case if we're, you know, already heading down the road towards dependence. Exactly. It's, it's so, it's so loaded and it's, it's such extra pressure to, to look at it that way. But, you know, it's like, I was so not in control of myself. I never thought that it could come from within. I mean, that just did not even occur to me. So, um, yeah, so, so in, in that year that I was, you know, doing this, these stickers on this calendar, it didn't even occur to me that I was keeping track. It wasn't until the end of the year where I, you know, sat down and added up the days that I realized that's what I was doing. So it was kind of this hidden, you know, kind of way of of me doing it, which was just a great first step, you know, now if somebody had said, keep a journal and write down how many days you're drinking and not drinking. I would have been like, no way, you know, I'm, I'm not doing that. So it was, an, it, you know, it was kind of an interesting way to go about it, but I thought, okay, you know, so, you know, this, this, you know, next year, uh, you know, let me try again. And so the, the next year I got to, you know, closer to the, the 150, but it was still, just this agonizing, you know, mm-hmm. battle of trying to moderate and then looking forward to the next day and then maybe drinking more the next day as a reward for moderating the day before. And I still wasn't getting, you know, the fact that a lot of us know is, is that, you know, the, the normies can moderate and, and, you know, um, the rest of us can't. And, and so then, um, in 27, you know, and, and at the time I'm looking on the internet for sources, I'm, I'm trying to understand what's going on. And, and they're really, you know, there's starting to be information out there, but I wasn't really finding anything that was resonating. I was reading some memoirs that, that weren't really clicking with me either, you know, because I was the person that was, you know, holding down the job. Nobody, you know, nobody ever said anything to me about my drinking, you know, no, it, it, on paper, everything looked great. Um, so, so I couldn't really find any, any people like me or anybody, you know, that I could relate to. 
Um, but then finally, you know, in 2016, early 2017, I found, you know, hip sobriety, which led to a bunch of other things. And I really started to kind of see people out there that I could relate to. And this whole thing about living a life without alcohol and having it be a rich and fulfilling life started to resonate with me. I'm like, wow, people are doing it and they're not sitting on the sidelines and, you know, because I thought before, it's like, how, how could you possibly have fun without alcohol? You know, it, it's right. just, it's, it's impossible. So I, I really started to be able to visualize, okay, yeah, may, maybe, you know, all these people can't be lying, you know, it's, and then I thought too about the fact that say, for example, you know, I, I love to exercise and I know a lot of people don't and I love to run. And I remember, you know, cornering people and being like, oh, you've got to run. It's the greatest thing in the world and blah, blah, blah. And they'd be like, you know, you know, what, what are you crazy? No way. And, and, and I thought, well, you know, I, I would do the same thing with my, you know, earnestness about being passionate about something and loving something and, and kind of scare people away. And I thought, well, maybe some of the people that are so enthusiastic about not drinking, just come across as so excited about it that, you know, for us that are on the other side, not even being able to visualize it, we're right. like, yeah, yeah, what are you talking about? So after I started wrapping my head around that, I thought, hmm, you know, maybe I could give this a, a shot. So you were open-minded. Yeah. You, yeah. You I said kind of, to open your mind when you made that shift right there, thinking about other people yeah. and their enthusiasm, you opened yeah. your mind a little bit more. Yeah. And I said, I said, okay, you know, let me, and, and so I went back to this thought of, okay, let, you know, I don't want to set myself up for, for disappointment and, and draw a line in the sand and say, you know, let me just kind of start today and never drink again. Let me, and, and by the way, I'm doing all this quietly, not talking to anybody about it, not talking to my husband, not talking mm. to friends, just trying to figure this out. So in, uh, 2017, um, I decided in May to go 30 days without drinking. And of course, you know, I told my husband that because he would notice. And he's like, you know, that's cool. And and there were times before I'd be like, hey, help me drink a little bit less and stuff. And and he'd be he'd be all right. You know, he'd be he'd be helpful with it, but he was a normie and he didn't think I had a problem, so he didn't really understand. And so I as I was got into that 30 days, things were going great. Um, immediately felt better, was sleeping better, felt great, could see the benefits immediately, was into it. And as I was getting towards the end of May, I said, I'm going for 60. This is awesome. So as I got towards the end of the 60 days, I said, wow, you know, this is great. And now I know I can go back to moderating, you know, and mm -hmm. so, and 4th of July is coming up. So, yep. you know, don't want to miss out on that. Freaking holidays. So, <laughs> <laughs> they get to the holidays. It makes us seem like we have to drink. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And then I had some trips that summer. Oh yeah. I, I understand this. Yes. Yep. So then that summer was a real struggle in, you know, I might, you know, have two beers one night. Beer was always my thing. And so two beers one night and go a couple of days without, but then I'd go to four or five beers, you know, another night and whatever. So that, so I did that for a few months and then you get into that whole realizing the torture of going back and forth and the struggle of the drinking. And it's like, man, back in May and June, I was so free. I didn't have to worry about any of this. Right, right. Because, you know, you can't unlearn what you, what you learned, right? In the two months that you didn't drink, you remember how you felt, <laughs> yeah. I think, when you start back. Yeah. 
it yeah. kind of it kind of ruins your drinking a little bit. Yeah, when it does. Know, <laughs> you know a little bit like, oh, I already I already know how how it was feeling. I was so clear, and I was getting I was getting shit done, and I was sleeping well. Yeah, you can't unknow that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you also realize that you can you know show up places and nobody cares if you're not drinking, and you know all those other things. So. Um, so as, as autumn came around, I thought, well, gosh, we're getting close to the end of the year. I don't want to give myself the whole setup of let me have this big blowout through the end of the year. And then January 1st, things will be magically perfect. Mm -hmm. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to get a jump start. I'm going to quit in November. I'm going to get through Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's without drinking, which is the craziest, most rebellious thing I can think of doing. And, you know, as I hit January, I'm going to have almost two months under my belt. And at that point I said, I'm signing up for a hundred days, knowing that when I hit that hundredth day, you know, I would likely have it nailed and I would just keep chugging along. And, um, that's what I did. And, um, I know that, you know, one of our, our core things that, that we do is take things one day at a time. And, and, and I, I firmly believe that, but without, you know, wanting to get too far ahead of myself, I'm, I'm excited to say that uh, tomorrow will be two years. <gasps> oh, I just got goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. And, you know, it's, um, it's interesting because I think about, you know, former version of myself who, you know, with it being two years tomorrow, recording this today, a former version of myself might think, wow, tonight would be the perfect opportunity to just, you know, say I don't deserve any of this and blow it all up. But I, you know, and, and I'm not, I'm not naive. I know that person, you know, the, you know, there, there's always that potential, right? Still, sure. still could be in there. But as I think through this, I'm like, you know, it's just, I can't think of a better way to celebrate than to be talking to you two today. And it was funny because my husband's like, what do you want to do to celebrate? You know, what are you going to do tomorrow? I'm like, dude, celebration's happening today. <laughs> uh, We're on the it. eve, the eve of your two year. This is, um, Jill, that's so awesome. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. And to know the difference, right? You know the difference because you did this. I, I, I like how you shared um, because I think you are not alone. I know for sure with me, but that, that, that you didn't tell anybody you're having this internal struggle, this internal battle every day with, should I drink? Should I not? Should I use the stickers? Am I keeping track of this? How many days can I go 30, 60? It's so much work in our heads that this real estate that we're taking up, um, yep. that for me, when I removed that, finally, it was like, I had space to do other things. Yeah. You know, but for the, for the longest time, for years, it was just thinking and plotting and I'll drink water in between. And I'll tell my husband to only let me have two, like that was his job. Um, and I never had to, I always get in a fight. So it's like, I, I, I understand I my your story resonates with me big time because that's, that's what I did too. And searching online for things and trying to find a solution is what you were doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. And, and, you know, and then when shortly after I made the decision, I realized I'd been way too far 
in my head and, and going it alone for too long. And I realized I probably needed some reinforcement to get through the holidays. And that's when I started going to refuge recovery meetings. And, you know, boy, that was scary walking into a room the, the first time. But to, you, to how be, did you decide to do that? Well, you know, I thought about going to AA and I don't really have a strong opinion one way or another on the spirituality piece and, and all that. But Refuge Recovery had the meditation aspect and I had been trying to figure out how to meditate for a long time and I was, you know, interested in Buddhism and all that. So that that was just kind of the first thing that was down the road from my house that that I, you know, decided to try. And 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 it, it stuck. And so I went to those meetings, you know, religiously for like six months every week. And um, then I kind of tapered off and, and went less frequently. But I mean, just to be in a room with people, and I had isolated for, for so long, um, not only not sharing this topic, but you know, outside of, of, of work and, and some social commitments that maybe my, my husband orchestrated, I wasn't really interacting with people a lot. So just to get in the room and, and, you know, like you guys have said before, just to hear people share your story, mm -hmm. you know, share a story that you have that, you know, resonates, man, that was huge, huge help. So I think you can get it through the online community too, but I think to do it in person is just a, a huge help. So I think, you know, for people like me that, you know, I know there's the whole kind of, you know, talk about gray area drinking and, and kind of all of these different things. And rather than kind of figure out what category I fall in, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really care. I think for anybody, wherever they are on the spectrum, I think, you know, getting out and being face to face with people and not worrying so much about the type of meeting, who's in it, whether or not you relate to people or whatever we're all human beings on a mission trying to figure this out together. I think there's huge value in it. Mm, yeah, that was well said. That was well said. Um, and I know you too, and I, I love how you told a story about kind of like how you're goal oriented too. So it was almost like those two, those two things worked in, yeah, in tandem worked for you. Mm -hmm. setting goals and then having a community to where you kind of felt a little bit accountable um, and you could share struggles and vulnerabilities and all of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and I think, you know, the, the, I think a lot of times when we hear people, you know, kind of share their moment of when they decided to quit and, and, and it stuck, you know, they're kind of, maybe the short period that led up to, to day one. I think sometimes we forget about kind of all the time that really happened before that and what they did. And, you know, and, you know, cause I know some people are surprised, you know, like my mom was surprised and she's like, well, I can't believe for two years you went back and forth with all this and, and everything. And, and, you know, I'm proud of that time. I'm proud of, you know, the, the fact that I invested that time in and went back and forth and, and, and didn't give up. And, and I think if, if we look at a lot of people's, you know, kind of stories, I, I think it's probably more common than not that there is a lot of that trial and error and, and, and kind of back and forth that happens. And, and I think that's important for people 
to, to know that, that are maybe in the early stages or, or even considering it. I agree. I agree. I say it all the time, but, um, you know, I was not involved in any sort of online community or in real life community. So no one ever saw my back and forth. They were all just, um, you know, isolated events, but there was lots of back and forth. There were lots of times where I said, I'm never going to drink again. And sometimes that went a week. Sometimes that I, you know, would abstain for four weeks. Um, but then I'd go, I didn't follow through with other support that I needed um, to be successful. And, you know, and I would always go right back to drinking. Yeah. But all that counts towards, you know, sure. where you are now. Sure. Sure. Well, Jill, that is, um, I, I love your story. Um, and I love how you said too, that you, you, you've discarded any sort of like trying to figure out, you know, what category you fit in and all that. You just knew it wasn't working for you. Yeah. That's all you have to know, right? Just that feeling. It's like we always say, like your bottom can be a feeling. I don't necessarily think it has to be this, um, really bottomed out story that you might hear, you know, that, that's scary or it was just a feeling just a feeling that I wasn't living up to my potential. I wasn't, you know, satisfied with how I was conducting myself or living my life. Um, it was just that feeling that like, I didn't want to, I, I needed to change something, but it took a long time to realize that. And that was that slow build of the years, you know, getting to the point where you, where you stop. And then when, for me too, Jill, I had eight weeks where I, you know, was on this quote unquote elimination diet where I only eliminated alcohol um, because that's all I could do. But those 60 days, you're right. It was like, wow, I feel really good. Yeah. And do I want to go back? And for me, I was too afraid because I felt so horrible those first couple of weeks. Um, I could, I, it was fresh enough for me to go, I don't want to go back to that feeling. You know, uh -huh. I wanted to touch on refuge real quick because I've only been to one meeting, I think, uh -huh. one meeting, um, but it really helped me. I went with a sponsee who was thinking of, you know, she wanted to maybe not do the 12 step program that I was in and um, AA and she wanted to go to a meeting. And so I said, well, let me go with you. And I had been struggling with the concept of forgiveness of someone in my life. And I went to that meeting and we read from page 36 of the refuge recovery book, 36 and 37. And it's about forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And it unlocked this, I've heard the language before in AA, but for some reason I could hear it there in a way that it was, it just clicked. And that's what I think is kind of great about being open-minded and willing to try other things in recovery. Uh, because you don't, I'm just now, I feel like I'm a student in recovery. I'm, I'm just trying to gather things up, uh, phrases, books, recommendations, classes, paths that people take, well, you know, what, what, non-alcoholic drinks they like like I'm just kind of gathering tools right and at that meeting it was in the format that's similar to a 12-step meeting and so I was felt comfortable there but those two pages out of that book really really helped me and I haven't been back to a meeting since but I I do think about my experience there that was really helpful and um it helped help me in a in a phase of my spiritual growth and development that I wasn't expecting and so that's what I just want to share. Like, even if you think it's not for you, like to give it a try, like to be a, to be a student is how I um, think can be helpful to kind of approach your recovery too. 
And I'm glad that, that you went and that it clicked for you, you know, too. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, Tammy. And, and yeah, and I know the, the forgiveness piece of it well. And yeah, once you realize the, the only person that you're, you're punishing by not forgiving is yourself, it's, yeah. it's quite freeing. And yeah, and, and, you know, and I've, I've been to a few AA meetings uh, since, and I've gotten a different perspective and I've gotten something out of that too. And, and yeah, I, I like the idea of, you know, kind of setting a goal of going and, and seeing what else is out there occasionally and not just sticking to, you know, what you always do. So, so I'm glad that you brought that up. I think that's a, a good thing to, um, to, to do uh, periodically. So, so that it's, makes sense. It's just, it's almost like, <laughs> it's going to sound really dorky, <laughs> but it's almost like it's fun. It's like, oh. I can try something different now. I don't want to do it all the time. You know what I mean? But I like just knowing that I just liked how open you were to going. And because in real life connection, it's so key. It's so key. And so it's great. We have all these online communities and we can do the podcast, but meeting my local ladies is so awesome. And doing meetups, you know, when we did in Portland or going to Austin to see Sandra and meet friends there. Um, it really kind of bolsters this connection piece that's so important. Yeah, exactly. Um, yes, I agree. Uh, so Jill, you, you mentioned this, but, um, kind of briefly, but while you were still drinking, you, uh, you had a, you earned a degree in community health. So you actually, um, you know, worked in the health sectors and while you were still drinking and probably that was part of your trying to reconcile, you know, well, I'm working, you know, as this sort of, you know, in these health fields or that's what mm -hmm. you wanted to do, but then you were still drinking. Um, and so you, and then you, of course you finally did get to reconcile that and become more integrated as you, as you quit drinking. Um, but tell us a little bit about what that looked like, what your, you know, your degree in, in community health and how that presents itself now. Sure, sure. So, um, well, when I was in the corporate world, I was, I was lucky enough to, um, I, my main career has been as an executive assistant and I was with the same company for almost 20 years. And um, so over that time, um, I was able to work on some really fun projects, uh, including launching a worksite wellness program and a, a charity road race. And um, I really uh, got to see the impact that we could have on helping employees be healthy, um, you know, ones that worked like crazy and always neglected their health. And so that's really when I got interested in uh, you know, healthy lifestyles myself. So I went back to school and, and got a degree in behavioral health. So rather than getting a degree in nutrition or, um, you know, say exercise physiology, where I can tell you scientifically why eating vegetables is good for you or exercise is good for you, I focused on the behavioral side, you know, helping people understand how to develop and cultivate healthy uh, behaviors and, and habits, uh, you know, that can last a lifetime. And um, so as I was working on that degree, um, you know, that was supposed to magically help me quit drinking and didn't, <laughs> um, you know, and, and kind of, you know, turning up this pressure of, okay, once I get this degree, 
you know, I thought, okay, once I graduate, I'll magically have this degree and then I can go be this health, health coach and save the world. And I didn't really factor in that, okay, I'll have to leave the corporate job. I'll have to start my own business. I'll, you know, go back to, you know, um, you know, having to build up my income again and, and kind of all those things. And, you know, in the meantime, was, was drinking more and, and kind of feeling like a fraud. So, so that was all very convoluted. And so um, what I did at that time, I kind of initially launched a, my first iteration of, of Honest Health Habits, my, my healthy blog. And, um, you know, uh, at the time I was very much corporate stiff, you know, so I'm writing, you know, blog posts that were like very much like, you know, you need to eat your vegetables and this is why and, you know, whatever and, and not very engaging and not really understanding my audience. And I left the corporate world and went into the government sector for a while and worked at the Department of Public Health. And then I went and worked at Atlanta Track Club and, and in, uh, you know, the nonprofit world. But I just, you know, it just wasn't clicking because I just, I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't presenting myself best self every day. And, and I really needed to kind of focus on, on getting healthy and taking care of myself first. So honestly, that whole time was a little bit of a blur in terms of me just trying to kind of hold it together. So anyway, you know, long story short, you know, as I've kind of taken a step back and invested in, you know, taking care of my health and getting to the point that I'm at now, I've also decided that, you know, I need to scale back a little bit on kind of the work thing because I think another one of my, you know, whatever I do, I kind of go into all in, you know, and, and so I think that I had a little bit of a, a, a trouble with knowing when to stop with work, you know, and, mm. and working in the corporate world, you know, I mean, I was pulling 60 hour, you know, a week, you know, job, you know, every week. And, and part of that is the demands of the job, but part of that too is you get used to that and that's just what you do. So I've, I've had to kind of look at that as well. So this year I've decided to scale back a little bit and, and have kind of changed careers. I'm still an assistant, but in, you know, much kind of lower stress environment. And then that's kind of where you came in, you know, Sandra, which is where I said, okay, now I've got the lower stress job and I've got this extra time where... I, you know, can actually work on honest health habits and, and launch it in earnest and do it right. But I've got all this extra time and I already tried it once and it didn't work. And, you know, as we know, sometimes when you have a lot of unstructured time, you can get caught in research and preparation mode right. and not really know where to go or where <laughs> and to no go. execution, right, where you don't reach the execution mode. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then, yeah, like spoiler alert, we worked together um, through Change Your Story, and Jill built this beautiful website called Honest Health Habits, and um, it's so it's so good. You, um, it's full of just really good content. And I know, like when we started working together on building it, you put together like a content schedule and all that. Have you stuck to the schedule? Um, I hear, I hear a little laugh here. Hold on. <laughs> I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess maybe not. Well, I'm just curious because yeah. I haven't, you know, I haven't been keeping tabs. Like Jill said she was going to post this on Tuesday and she hasn't. <laughs> 
I mean, you know, yes and no. I, you know, it's funny because at first I loved, you know, that structure and, and, you know, kind of feeling like I've got these assignments and, and, you know, I, I need to do these things in this order every week. And that worked for a while. Um, but then, you know, I, I decided that in order for this to really be a creative endeavor, I needed to kind of loosen up a little bit and relax because otherwise sure. it was like, you know, as I said before, my, my writing was very kind of stiff in corporate because I did corporate writing forever. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, you know, it's Tuesday. I've got to put a post out about, you know, healthy eating or whatever. And then I would just go and write it like it's an assignment. And, and if I didn't have a topic to write about or something that really was inspiring me that week and wasn't feeling creative, you, you could tell. So It felt forced. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, you know, we always hear that saying, if we build it, they will come. And that doesn't, it doesn't always work that way. So you have, or does it ever work that way? I don't think it does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, so as, as to not get discouraged, you have to, you have to keep your joy level up there and what you're doing, right? So it yeah. only makes sense that you, you know, want to, yeah, write what you want to write about and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, maybe not wait until you feel inspired all the time, but you still, you know, maybe it's a little bit of both. Maybe it's a little bit of wanting to be inspired and also kind of pushing yourself, you know, because there is value, I think, to staying consistent when you're working on a, when you're working on building something. Sure, sure. And conversely, if I do feel inspired and have plans to do something else, I may push those plans back and, you know, uh, tap into that inspiration and, and go ahead and create something right then and there. So, yeah, so that's what I'm working on right now. And, and so, for example, you know, this past month, uh, I was really into creating healthy recipes. So it's a little recipe heavy. And, you know, um, in a perfect world, I might have enough content built up where I could stockpile some of those recipes and and have some other articles built up where you might see more consistency of things balanced out, but I'm not there yet. So you're going to see, you know, maybe three recipes in a row. And, you know, am I going to get in trouble for that? I don't think so. But once I build it (laughs) bigger, you know, maybe you'll, you know, it's, it's, so to me, it's like, yeah, right now I'm working on, you know, my voice trying to be more, you know, just relaxed and engaging and and just taking a step back. My whole approach with honest health habits is really meeting people where they're at. I don't, you know, I really firmly believe in, you know, um making healthy steps a natural part of your life. There's no magic quick fixes that are going to change us overnight. I don't think anyone needs to, you know, look a certain way, act a certain way, be perfect. I think we should all know, you know, kind of what our key health indicators are in terms of going to the doctor and getting a physical and try to stay within those guidelines. I think that we should all try to, you know, eat a few cups of vegetables a day to be healthy. We should try to move about two and a half hours a week you know, to, to be physically active and do a few other things. And, 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 and so what I'm trying to do is say, Hey, here's some simple ways to do it. And some of them might sound trite and cliche. Like when I get home from work and I'm a little stressed out, I'll grab an apple and go for a 10 minute walk, 
you know, and boom, I've knocked out a couple things right there. And you know what, that adds up over time. So, you know, that's kind of what I'm all about is I don't want a big program or structure or plan. I just want to kind of, you know, talk to you like you're, you know, a, a fellow relatable human being that's trying to get through the day like me and is pulled in a million different directions, but let's stop and take care of ourselves. Hmm. Uh, I have questions. I have, <laughs> I have so many questions. I am like going to explode. Okay. They're just going to be short, simple questions. Did you know yeah. how to build a website before you worked with Sandra? Um, not on Squarespace. I had done them before mm -hmm. on WordPress, but I had the uh, crazy crash course in Squarespace with her. Okay. And I'm looking and at... And I know okay. Squarespace expert, by the way, but, but we did it. We, we figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, that's what I use too. And if I can do it, I always feel like anybody can do it. So I wanted our mm -hmm. listeners to know that too, just that um, you just have to start before you're ready on a lot of things. I know I hear yeah. that and I just feel like this is so good. I'm looking at your content here in your blog. Um, your images, are they your images? Are they like stock images? Cause they're so uh, vibrant. Yeah. All the recipe ones are mine. And oh, then, wow. um, you know, most of the other ones are, are stock. I, I give credit. I'm, Beautiful. I'm stock ones. Oh, thanks. Really beautiful. So that's just visually, just really, they're all working together. And I'm so glad you had some sort of schedule. I can see it here by the dates, but aren't you glad you had a schedule in the beginning to create some content? Because you have quite a bit here, Jill. This is, there's like a lot here that when people come to your website and, and scroll through, like, that's awesome. Oh, thanks. Yeah. 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 I do you know, I was doing a couple a week. Now I'm, I'm probably, you know, doing, you know, at least, you know, one a week, I'd say. I like the format, just how you can see everything visually and the title of it's really succinct. And I also wanted to say, and Sandra knows this because we've talked about this and this is what we do, but having your newsletter sign up policy, you know, the block there for people to sign up um, mm -hmm. is going to be helpful. So our, we're going to say this at the end of the podcast, but honesthealthhabits.com is the website that we're talking about right now that she mm -hmm. created while she was working with Sandra. And I just love it. And the about page for you, like, it's super fun to write an about page, right? I mean, that's not, that's not, <laughs> that's not like inner critic work at all, writing about yourself, right? No, oh, but it's, it's challenging to write an about page, I think. I don't know how to, how was worked, Yeah, we worked on that quite a bit. Yeah, the, the, the tears uh, shed over the about page. <laughs> Right. It's, it's to say, what are you all about? And to help us sing our story or sing our songs, I guess, yeah. it's like, it's hard to do that. It's hard to research yeah. yourself sometimes and to remember how amazing you are. So how was that for you? How, how did that go? That, that was probably the hardest piece, you know, and I think that was one of the first things that we did. And I spent so, I mean, it was agonizing and I spent so much time on it. But, you know, it's like once I got that done and, and Sandra was super helpful on that, and I'm glad that was one of the things early on that we did, mm -hmm. you know, then that made like, you know, fighting with the technical stuff on Squarespace that usually would have driven me nuts. It's like, oh, that's easy. At least I'm not <laughs> talking about myself. Um, it's but, hard to uh, do, but, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, yeah, the, 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 the steps that we did, you know, kind of through the, the program, you know, we're, we're kind of in the perfect order because yeah, once you get the about page done and you kind of see on paper who you are, then it's like, yeah, I can do this, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I know what I'm about and this is my mission and, and, and yeah, now, right. now, now well, I'm and on it. 
Yeah. And it almost helps you, right? Focus on then your content because then you know, okay, here's, here's what I'm about. Here's my mission. This is why I'm open. You know, this is why I'm opening this business or this website. Yep. Uh, and I'm putting out my open sign. Um, and then that, that right there helps you stay sort of specific with your content. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> when I was working with, um, or well, I still am, but working with Tiffany Hahn and she um, sent me a message and she was like, so you're about page. And I had worked on an about page with another creative coach when I was doing a, an art show. So she helped me do um, kind of like a bio on myself for the art show specifically. And then, a, and then an about page for my website that she thought was important. So I'd done the writing, which was hard. And then Tiffany commented and she's like, so it looks great. That's awesome. You got your newsletter link on your homepage and you have an about page. Um, where's a picture of you? <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I have to put a picture. I said, I just put my hands and I was like making something. She's like, yeah, no, I want to see a picture of you. And I was like, what, why, <laughs> why do you have to see that? She was like, because it's about you. So I love your picture that you are out on this path in the forest. Right. And it looks like redwoods or I don't know. Are those redwood trees? That's yeah. That's in Northern California. Yeah. And it obviously embodies the habit that you're talking about with the walking to being mindful. I don't know. I just loved it. So I was loving to see that you had a picture of yourself on your about page, but yeah, I, mine did not have that for a while. Well, but I got away without having like a, you know, close up picture of myself. So yeah, that's, well, that's, kind of that's a the system. Lady. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you'll want to do that, but maybe not. But I also think this goes with what you're talking about too. I'm looking at eat well, move more and manage your mindset. Like, yeah. mindset out in nature too is so key so it kind of embodies what your tagline is there underneath your your blog name or your website cool. name Thanks. um jill i love your story about your friend your new friend frances oh um, thanks what section is that under if if people want to read it I think it's, uh, it's, you know, it's right at the top right now. So it's, okay. it's, yeah, it's the third, third story. And so, yeah. And, and, you know, so what I decided is, you know, after a few months of, of me kind of writing posts, you know, of, okay, let, let me try this angle on, on trying to get you to eat your vegetables and let me sell it to you this way and that way. And, you know, hearing comments back from people and, and having conversations with people where, you know, uh, you know, some of the feedback I get is, well, yeah, I know I should eat all those vegetables, but you know, here's why I can't, or, you know, here, here's, here's the, you know, and, and, and really kind of just going back and forth like that. I realized, you know, I need to, I can't just be sitting here kind of saying the same thing over and over again. So I thought, well, in the meantime, I met Francis and, you know, this wonderful 70 year old woman who's out walking five K's and, and, and is just a, a true inspiration. And I thought, well, let me get out and, and start talking to people that are, are living healthy lives and share their stories. It can't just be me all mm -hmm. the time sitting here. And, and so really the phase I'm in now is where I want to get out and interview kind of all types of people, uh, you know, that are, are being healthy. And it doesn't have to be somebody like Francis, who's, you know, one year into this really, you know, healthy quest of doing these races after really a lifetime of being healthy. I want to talk to the person who may be just getting out there in their first month 
you know, think, think back to me a few years ago, you know, on mm -hmm. my beginning path of, of sobriety, you know, so, you know, I want to get out there and I want to talk to people at all stages in the journey so I can kind of understand where people are at and what, you know, what's going on early on as well as the ones that are established. Because, you know, right now that's, I think, going to be the key to success with this is, is, and that's, that's the meeting people where they're at piece is I need to understand you know, mm -hmm. and I'm what, so glad right. you're doing this because that was going to be my next question is if this is going to be like a feature or something that you're going to do, try to do consistently where you turn to your community, mm -hmm. um, because nothing sells something better than a true story. Nothing inspires someone more so than a true yeah. story. And I think that this is going to, this is going to be, this is going to be a very successful venture. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. And fun and fun to do. Right. So yeah. it's like, and that's a really good example of when you start a project or something, if you, if, if an aspect of it, you kind of get bored with, you got to pivot and try something else and, you know, try something else that you, that will inspire you to want to work on it. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And, and yeah. And if I'm getting bored with it, then, then probably my readers, you know, there's risks that they are are as well and um yeah and i think the connections i mean now you know sweet francis you know she was going to do a race this weekend and she ended up not doing it and she had to text me and let me know why you know so now she's got this Aww. like accountability to her this like, adorable yeah, <laughs> you have to go look at her picture <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I love it so you know it's it's so I'm, I'm making these you know connections that are lasting beyond just the interview which i I absolutely love. So yeah, so we'll see where it goes. And, and you know, and, and in the background I'm working on, you know, I'd, I'd like to have some offerings, you know, next year. I mean, my secret dream is what I'd love to do is figure out some kind of walking accountability group, whether it's virtual or in person where, you know, people like, like I said, two and a half hours of physical activity a week, walking roughly 30 minutes a day. I mean, if, if we could all do that, it would make a huge difference in our health. And if we can find a way to do that, be accountable to one another. And, you know, it could be just getting on a, you know, group call together and, and doing it to catch up while we're walking. It could be. Oh, I like that real, idea. Yeah. It could be in real life in Atlanta. I could get folks together to do it. You know, there's, so I think something like that, if, if I could start something like that, you know, small and, and kind of grow it, I think that, that would be my dream. So that's what I'd like to work on. Oh, I love that. I love that. Uh, Francis, yeah, her picture is too cute. This is on your blog. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just adorable. Francis and her circle of walkers. It's adorable. A um, couple of things there. An accountability project to yourself for these interviews is kind of um, is helpful because it's teaching you how to write in the way that you want to write. Right. Mm -hmm. You said you wanted to not write as structured, maybe, or as, um, what did you say earlier about how you were writing? It's kind yeah. of stiff and formal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If it's not as formal. Um, but I have found that giving myself assignments, like self-imposed assignments, accountability projects really, really helps me. So it's mm -hmm. kind of like what you're doing. I, I did an interview every year, every week for the month of two, or the year 2017. I remember that. Yeah. And I didn't really have to do the writing because the people did the writing because I just sent them the questions and they would answer them. So I had to format it and I had to learn how to use the website, how to use the blog, how to find photo and resize it. I, it taught me a lot of things that year. 
Yeah. And I made, I made art associated with it, but it forced me to do something. Um, I'm a little rigid in those departments, um, but I feel like you could get a lot of content. And like Sandra said, I think that's really, um, that would be such a great asset um, for people who are kind of searching and wanting to read another person's story. So you're definitely onto something really awesome here, I think. Yeah. And the Facebook group, I mean, you can always share some kind of a walking accountability in our Facebook group too, if you would like. Cool. Thanks. Do that, but you think about that too. Well, yeah. and I love, I love that we're just kind of pulling back the curtain a little bit because mm-hmm. this is how things are made, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we come upon these websites that are like fully formed or, or, P, or people on Instagram that we're stalking their programs or whatever. And we think that it's just like they, they launched it with all the ideas in place and, you know, a week later they had 20,000 followers and it's just really not at all how things work. <laughs> not at all. No. Oh, it's a lot of figuring things out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and I'll be honest with you, you know, if I think back to May and having that month of accountability with you, Sandra, and then, you know, having a couple of months of good momentum and then not having external accountability anymore. And, you know, knowing that, you know, we talked about me being on the podcast, but then, you know, part of me, the insecure Jill is like, okay, then, you know, uh, Sandra's going to realize that, you know, I'm, I'm not up to snuff to be on and that's not going to happen or, or, you know, whatever. Um, and and then all of a sudden you're like, Hey, you want to be on, you know, let's schedule you on the podcast. It's like today being here with you guys is helping me along in, in making sure that I keep this going, you know? Mm -hmm. So this is, this is fantastic. But I also know that I can't just sit here and rely on this one source. So in the meantime, what I'm doing is I'm joining Atlanta Writers Club and they've got, you know, these um, small groups that they can, um, you know, offer these critique groups, right? And and so I'm going to get involved in a critique group there. I've got to get out. I still have a little bit of that isolation from back when I was drinking. I've got to get out and I've got to set up my external accountability. I mean, I hear you guys all the time, you know, Tammy, you talking about, your, you know, women's accountability group for business and this and that. And I'll sit here and I'll be like, oh, I wish I had that. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't magically happen. I've got to get my butt out there and make it happen. Create and, it. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's the point that I'm at now where that's clicking. And so as I look at year three in recovery, it's like, I need to really start making this stuff happen. I've laid the groundwork and the foundation, but to build on it and, and to really make things happening, I've got to step it up to the next level. And you two have been a big influence on that. Well, and if you know the figure out these things about yourself, that you work well with accountability, you work well when when there's, you know, small goals or deadlines set, then yeah, if you, you know, if you're not paying for a program or whatever, where you are, you have someone, an accountability partner or whatever, you know, set up a, 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 thing, a little mastermind group or, yeah. or something like that, you know, you work well under those conditions. So sometimes you just have to set it up for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You're creating the thing that you want. Right. Um, the, the day that this airs, actually, I'm meeting with my lady boss or boss lady, lady boss, I forget what we're calling it, um, meeting. And it's basically a mastermind. And one of our listeners here, um, from the unruffled, she is part of a mastermind. So she's going to help us do it in that format. 
this time around and there's five of us and um, we're all sober and I, I'm so excited about it. It's already um, just from the month since we've been meeting, a couple of us have reached out to another member to have help with some web design and graphic design. And it's already starting to bloom um, the things that we don't know how to do and how to ask for help. And I think um, Sandra is part of one, I believe as well, in, in Austin with her mm -hmm. ladies. And yeah. it's like, it's, um, it's it very much mirrors recovery for me. It's a part of my recovery, but that we're asking for help for what we don't know how to do. Yeah. And we're being open and willing and vulnerable. And that's very asking, much the same. Right. Yeah. Asking for help and asking for support. I think that's yeah. a, yes. another hard thing to ask for. Yep. Right. For sure. Oh, I'm so glad, Jill, that you, that you, um, that, that you did come on, that you were open. I think being open and willing to try new things and this it's not, I mean, it is a little nerve wracking. I remember the first time me and Sandra were on a podcast uh, together on the sense right now podcast. And it was so nerve wracking. We were so nervous. We were co-hosting and being guest co-hosts. I was just so anxious. And so I know that it's not easy just to come on here. We're like, Oh, it's just a conversation. No, I, I know it's nerve wracking, but I really appreciate that you, that you said yes. That you said Thank yes you. before you had all your shiny little ducks in a row. Too. <laughs> you said yes exactly. Before it was exactly. quote unquote perfect. Yeah. Thank well, you. how how can right. people find you, Jill? Like before? Oh wait, we have to go to three things. We have to do our three things. Sorry. I'm oh, okay. Ahead here because yes. I was just looking yes. at the time. Um, sorry, I jumped. I just totally see it's organic. We just screw up sometimes, <laughs> and here we go. Okay, Tammy just interrupted again. Um, <laughs> the time that we do like the three things so your toolbox um what what do you got for us what do you got for our listeners in terms of what it helps you with your creative life or your sober life or what are, what are the things that are magic for you right now okay so i've got three things um the first two i'll kind of you know touch on more at a high level and then the third one i'd like to um jump into with a couple of of examples if we've got a little bit of time sure um so the first one is, is journaling. Um, morning pages really inspired me to, you know, first thing in the morning, kind of get my thoughts and concerns out as well as, you know, do a gratitude exercise. I try to meditate, but I'm not that good at it. And, and I'm not going to give up on it. I'll, I'll, I'll keep doing it. But I find that with morning pages, if I kind of get everything out, um, I can start the day fresh and it's also a time where if I have some inspiration in some certain areas, I can get that down and return to that later to, to help me during my creative time. So, so that's really been a game changer for me. Um, the next one is walking. I, I think in early recovery, um, I, I don't know how it started or, or why, but anytime I, I felt overwhelmed, um, anytime I had a craving, I would just put my shoes on and head out the door and go for a walk. Same. And yeah. And it Save just, my ass. yeah, totally. I mean, it's, you know, and sometimes I'd get back from a walk and 10 minutes later, I'd be out the door again. I mean, it, you know, it, I just would tap into it whenever, or, you know, we'd be out to dinner with friends and I might excuse myself and go outside and go for a little walk for a few minutes. I mean, just, it's that thing that you can do whenever. And I now use it, you know, a little bit differently, but, but I, I still have it, you know, if we're going somewhere, I kind of case out the scene. I pretty much wear comfortable shoes most places so I can take a break and get out and get some fresh air and, and, and get a walk in. And it just, it, it just 
clears my head and, and, and helps me kind of reset. And, um, I just, uh, you know, it's separate from kind of the exercise walking and whatever else I was talking about, but it can be a part of it too, but it just, um, I, I can't speak about the benefits of it enough. And then the third thing is, um, each day I, I try to capture a quote or some inspiring words for the, the day. And this started very early on. I read this book called out of the wreck I rise. And, um, it's a, it captures all these quotes related to recovery. And some of them are a little out of context. A lot of them are really good, but, but the quotes in it really moved me and, and made me feel much more like a normal person as, as I was trying to figure out my recovery. And so I kind of tried to create my own notebook kind of inspired by the book. So beginning of each day, I'll capture a quote that kind of sets the, the theme for the day. And I do them in Evernote so I can look at them on my phone. I can, I can always have access to them because in very early recovery, these quotes, you know, would be my anchor point. And I may have to look at it, you know, kind of like with my walks multiple times a day. And so I wanted to share with you guys just a, a couple of, of, of examples of them um, and, and, and kind of uh, what they can do. So this week, I had one um, as I'm thinking about kind of where I'm at in recovery. And this is from Ryan Holiday's new book called Stillness is the Key. Um, and it's about kind of cultivating an inner calm and clarity and focus by, um, you know, drilling into kind of your mind, body, and spirit. Tuning out accomplishes nothing. Tune in. If true peace and clarity are what you seek in this life, and by the way, they are what you deserve, know that you will find them nearby and not far away. Turn into yourself. Stand in place. Stand in front of the mirror. Get to know your front porch. You were given one body when you were born. Don't try to be someone else or somewhere else. Get to know yourself. Build a life that you don't need to escape from. And so I just, mm. I, I just love that kind of, for, you know, I don't know where, where I'm at right now with recovery. I'm, I'm so glad I don't need to escape from my life, but I also feel like I need to be more in tune with my body sometimes and, and, and just, you know, kind of more in my skin and comfortable in my skin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And Good then, uh, thanks. And then I wanted to share a couple, just as an example of the impact of these kind of early in recovery. And, and so I went back and I mean, cause I've got these dated going back to like early 2017. So sometimes I'll go back and look at them and, and kind of reuse them depending. But this is one that I put down two days before I quit. So it would have actually been uh, two years ago yesterday. Mm. I could no longer accept those tingling hands, the year-long eye twitch, the normal of feeling like curdled milk every day. I could no longer accept not seeing one single dream of mine to fulfillment, not one. That's, a, that's from Songer's writing. Mm. And, it, you know, that one just really... It really hit me because that's how I was feeling. Yeah. That made me cry. Yeah. That uh, made me cry too. Not a crier. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's just, yeah. you know, to know that you were out there feeling that way. Yeah. That you would come out the other side really made me feel like 
maybe I could do it too. Right. And, and let me end on a positive note. Here's another okay. one. And this was, this was two weeks into my recovery. If you had told me then that the person I was looking for was right here, I would have never believed you. I would have shook my head and cried and smited you even. Come on, fish swim, birds fly, and I drink. Of course I drink. Just hang on while I figure it out. And that's Sandra as well. Mm. And so I guess, you know, in closing, that that's just some examples of, you know, the influence that you and other people in the community have um, in, in the words that you say and, and the impact that they can, they can have on people and how fortunate we are that there is such a big community out there now, um, you know, to, to just be open and honest about what we're doing and how we're helping each other. And I'm so grateful. Mm. And you just turn that into such a beautiful personal practice too. That's yeah. That's amazing. And that's what we get to do, right? You're creating a life you don't want to escape from, Jill. You have. And I think that's beautiful. And you just shared it with all of our listeners today so that they can give them permission to do the same thing. Right. Thank you so Thanks. much for being here and for sharing Thank you so guys. openly with us. Yeah. Well, where can people find you, Jill? Where's your website? And where do you want them to connect with you? Uh, you can find me at um, honesthealthhabits.com. And uh, I am uh, on Instagram at Jill Young. That's J-I-L-L-J-U-N-G. Uh, and then also um, uh, Medium and uh, Twitter at Jill Young, J-U-N-G. And um, yeah, so, th so that's where I am right now with Honest Health Habits. I am going to be launching another project uh, by the end of the year using Sandra's uh, framework um, from Change Your Story, which I'm really excited about. It's going to be called Most Loved Meals, and it's going to be my food and culture project where I'm going to be exploring different cultures through the lens of food and uh, talking all about recipes, interviewing people about um, you know, their favorite meals. I found that when you, you meet somebody and you um, ask them what their favorite meal is or, um, you know, what, what uh, the taste of home is like, uh, they will light up and tell you some wonderful stories. And oh, so that's going to be kind I of my next. I love that. That's oh, going to be awesome. great. That's going to be yeah. awesome. So that's going to be kind of my labor of love project. And, and I think that's going to also allow me to open up and be a little bit more creative creative as well so uh very cool watch for that that'll be coming and and i'll send out an announcement on um the facebook group when that's open as well yeah and probably okay. your newsletter too so yes. everybody should go sign up for your newsletter oh yes i'm sorry please yeah sign up for my my newsletter i would i would love for you to do that and i'm looking at uh pulling together you know an offering um for for everybody um by the end of the year some just practical tips um you know which i touched on today just just easy ways to fit healthy habits into your life um and of course would love any questions or, or feedback that you have i love always hearing from people oh good joe i look forward to following along i'm going to sign up for your newsletter and i'm going to go follow you on instagram and i'm just going to get on it thank you so much for your time and for sharing your message Thank you too so much. You you Thank really you. Uh, made my made my day uh, and uh, fantastic. I, I really appreciate it. And happy, happy two years, Jill. Yeah. Thank you so years. much. Take care. Bye. Bye.
Unruffled podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by Caitlin Schumacher. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designers Chris Aguirre and Amy Lanier. Thanks for listening.